Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be getting into, which I guess is kind of a hot button topic, um, some people on the social media and things have been saying that, you know, it's the hyped up controversial issue, even equivalent to like before when people were into the camps of clean eating versus IFYM. Um, we kind of fall in the middle. We think that there's a balance for everything. Um, so we want to try to give you our take on what metabolic compensation is. So that's kind of like the new buzzword. Um, that versus calories in versus calories out. So the laws of thermodynamics. And some of this controversy has come up because some people are saying that, no, it's strictly you know calories in versus calories out, which at the end of the day, it is. However, our hormones can change that set point of what our actual deficit is so we are going to talk a little bit about that today and this primarily affects uh, female athletes we tend to um, respond a little bit differently than the male body especially when it comes to hormones and cortisol and insulin resistance so we can run into trouble a whole lot faster than most males do and we just wanted to educate you we wanted to take the time to kind of talk about this hormone cascade that occurs and it's prompted by a stressor. So yeah, um, the high cortisol, which is your stress hormone, you know, that is at a chronic level. So it's not an acute stress, something that just happened to you once, like, you know, the getting chased by a cheetah. Um, this is chronic stress all the time. And what I found through my blood work you know me, I'm always a lab rat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I found that during quarantine, I had elevated chronic cortisol. And it was so high because my, basically my environment was disrupted. You know, I'm used to working at home. I'm not used to being an online teacher to elementary <laughs> students. Um, and there were new responsibilities that I took on. And I know that everybody probably had a different situation. So, um, for those listeners out there that maybe, you know, unfortunately lost their job or, um, you know, maybe something in the home environment was causing this chronic stress over several months of quarantine. And this can sometimes prompt, you know, that cascade. So mm -hmm. do you want me to go over what that cascade is or do you have anything to add like before we can't see each other? So I just want to make sure that... <laughs> I didn't talk I'm away. nodding my head. <laughs> yeah. I think um, also cortisol, people, it gets like a bad rap. Everybody's like, oh, reduce cortisol, reduce cortisol. Um, but like Amy said, acute cortisol response is something like if you are doing a really uh, intense workout. So your body will respond to that. And you do have cortisol release uh, in conjunction with the decrease of melatonin in your body for waking up in the morning. So cortisol is not bad, but it's when it's in a chronic state where you're constantly um, producing cortisol. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing that I wanted to add to that. But yeah, I, if you could explain the cascade, I think that would really help people understand 
how that the stressors affect uh, a female specifically. Yeah. And so you bring up a good point. I think that um, we talked a lot about the HPA access in a previous podcast, and we talked about trying to get yourself into that rest and digest mode. And so basically your CNS is on high alert at all times um, where it never comes down to the rest and digest. So you're in that um, chronic state of alert. So mm-hmm. when that happens, uh, your body is, your body's response is to produce more and more cortisol to try to take care of that. And that's where the problems start. And so your body uses progesterone from the progesterone pregnenolone pathway to create more cortisol. And this is usually fine if like the cortisol stays in that normal range because uh-huh. for the most part you usually have plenty of cortisol remaining uh, to form other hormones. But however, if the cortisol is too high, then progesterone becomes very depleted. And now you don't have enough remaining for those other critical hormone creations that need to go on. So, um, for example, you need progesterone to create DHEA and then eventually, you know, testosterone. Thus, that pathway gets disrupted and that individual becomes low in testosterone. And yes, females need testosterone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They don't have as much as men, but they do need it. And especially as a bikini athlete, it's important, you know, for building muscle, but it's just for your overall general health. So when this ends up happening in a female or even a male, it just typically happens in females, they end up becoming estrogen dominant. And so that's when we start to see these issues when progesterone's low, cortisol's high, testosterone's low, estrogen, being estrogen dominant, dominant makes this um, resistant uh, phase of your body. Like basically you have a hard time dropping body fat, um, Uh you have a hard time getting lean, you often, it will often lead to dysfunction of the thyroid. Uh, and that starts to downregulate due to the disturbances. Um, that doesn't always happen, but I'm just saying that um, this is typically kind of the order of events that will occur. And then um, if they're in this increased um, sympathetic state, they stop sleeping well, they become insulin yeah. resistant, uh, they start holding water, and then it's just hard for them Hair to loss. burn calories properly. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I know you've experienced this a little bit with um, past experiences of chronic stress, and it kind of disrupted your progesterone. And then, um, mm-hmm. basically, the net the last piece is that digestion piece. And I know that you kind of um, experienced that as well. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and I love that. Um we're doing new things on the team as far as uh, like implementing getting hormones tested and blood work um, in, I mean, we've been doing it for a while, but I love that it's becoming more of a reoccurring aspect because I do think that it does help our athletes um, with some like unknown factors that maybe as coaches, we don't necessarily um, address on a regular basis. I do know after my, Um, my year of competing when I won my pro card uh, reversing I was um, like I think I was 
I swung too far to one side where I was very aware of the effects of reversing and how things can go poorly. And uh, I was very like adamant about not putting on too much body fat and maintaining my weight. And so I was overstressing all the details of my reverse diet and I started to develop gut issues. Um, it took a really long time for me to get my period back. And when we had done it, we had done a test for my hormones um, it did read that my testosterone, my progesterone, my estrogen, all of that was low. Um, but I was still considered almost estrogen dominant because my estrogen levels were still higher than my, uh, testosterone and progesterone. So I did notice changes within my physique. So as much as I was trying not to like put on body fat or not gain too much weight, um, I do believe that hormones played a role um, because of how much I was constantly, uh, like stressing about that. And I also, um, you know, like after I was done competing, I had a life of a lot of life events that had happened prior that I think kind of caught up to me as well, kind of dealing with, uh, moving back home and ending a relationship. So I do believe that those outside environmental stressors played a factor as well. And, um, And one thing I wanted to add also is I feel like a lot of people and a lot of uh, type A or very um, focused athletes don't often notice that they are stressed or that they have chronic stress within their life because they're used to like a checklist, going through things, accomplishing. Um, They like to do and they like to be active. And uh, And if you are constantly in a state of fight or flight, you almost don't even notice it or don't consider yourself to be stressed because you're constantly there and that's what you're used to. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like the state that I was in as well. Uh, in that time period. Yeah, it was, I remember we, I kept kind of going back to the fact like, okay, we need to try to address your, your stressors. I really think that's going to be this key component to get back your period. And, as soon as you started practicing self-care and things like that and um, mm-hmm. kind of backing off on cardio and, um, you know, feeding you more, giving you more calories, those were yeah. taking off the stressors of dieting um, and things like that. So, I mean, there there are going to be adaptations. If anyone gets that lean to win a pro card, it's going to right. happen. But w- the reason why it we felt like it was on our hearts to get on here today is just I feel like we constantly as coaches are trying to improve the athlete experience and some things I wanted to point out that we're doing new um and I wouldn't even say like new on the team I always kind of saw these things going on but we really needed data and we needed uh these athletes that were having these problems to pinpoint them through blood work. And we want to make sure that, you know, we're working within our scope of practice. So we've been working synergistically with a functional medicine doctor and our athletes so that they're getting the best care within our scope of practice. You know, we're listening in on these phone calls as they go over their blood work and we're helping them make lifestyle changes such as pulling back days of training, um, incorporating restorative yoga 
doing lifestyle things that are within our scope of practice uh, that once we identify the actual problem through a doctor or an endocrinologist or a functional medicine doctor, whatever that athlete chooses um, to do, that way we kind of know what the cause is at that point. And so we've gotten to the root of it. Um, so hopefully, you know, if an athlete can kind of invest that that money, I mean, sometimes it has to be out of pocket because not mm-hmm. all doctors are going to cover, you know, some of the comprehensive blood work panels that I feel like are necessary to get an athlete in the most healthy elite place. Um, because remember, we're not like just the average Joe <laughs> walking on the street. We're, right. we're elite athletes. And so these little details and the attention to them and addressing them in the right way, I believe that that makes our athletes have that um, extra edge, but then also longevity. So it's an investment in their health for the long term. That's why they're able to live the prep life because they are taking the time to, uh, you know, address these deeper rooted issues. So, Chris, why don't you kind of take um, how I mean, I know we've talked about a little bit, but like what are some of the other things that we can implement um, to address like the high cortisol that um, like supplement wise and things like that? Oh yeah, sure. So I actually really love taking core 21 from first form. Um, That's like a really easy thing that I'll take right before bed and will help with addressing um, any type of like extra cortisol release that's happening with my, within my body. I mean, I definitely make sure that I take care of like, checking my HRV and doing proactive things to calm down and not just uh, relying on supplementation. But I have found that the core 21 has really helped me relax and get some good sleep, which sleep I know is super important for this, um, for managing your stress and hormone release as well too. Yeah. And you've um, just recently gotten an Apple watch and have been using the yeah. app and kind of looking at yeah. your HRV. So she put the Fitbit to rest finally. Finally. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners about that experience? Cause that's kind of something new for you that you've implemented. Yeah. Well, because I am uh, like working towards getting on stage this year and I know myself and well, Amy knows as well too, that stress is probably my biggest culprit. I can very easily follow meal plan. I can execute workouts, but managing uh, this like, I feel like it's almost like an unknown variable is where I struggle. And so having something that could help regulate um, how I was handling the day by having my Apple Watch and the HRV has actually been super great because it gives me some data. It allows me to kind of almost have a little bit of control where I can see like, okay, this is like an activity that on a regular basis actually really stresses me out. And I didn't know that. Um like I was saying earlier about just like constantly being in fight or flight and sometimes you just don't realize it. And it's, uh, I really like the breathing app on here. So I've been, I mean, it's one minute uh, and all you have to do is just like click the button and then go through the breathing pattern. And it has actually really helped my HRV improve a lot and it's simple and easy. It's right there on my wrist. Um, and I know, Amy, you talk about rest and digest all the time as far as like getting into like a calm state to chew your food and enjoy your meal. And that helps with overall digestion. 
And so a, a really easy thing that I found is that I'll use that breathing app uh, for one minute right before I eat my meal. Oh. Uh, just Yeah, just to make sure that, um, well, one, it helps me do it on a regular basis because I already have like a set schedule for eating times and will help improve my digestion for my meals as well because I'm pairing those two things together. You know, you just, you basically made it easy on your brain because I know we've Mm -hmm. talked about goal adherence and if you already have an established habit and you can pair it with a new habit, you're more likely to succeed with that. And I love that. I didn't even know you were yeah. doing that. Um, yeah. I know you were doing the breathing app, but yeah, mine barks at me and it'll just tell me um, <laughs> deep breathing might help you think more clearly. <laughs> I like that too. That always helps keep me in check. It yes. might help I'm like, you with okay. your creativity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So some other things, and I know we talked about this in a previous podcast, but if you are in that situation where you're high cortisol, you're low progesterone, and then hence estrogen dominant, we have talked about the harmony. Just make sure that you're, yeah. you know, getting like a product like that has a Vitex or a Chasta Berry that will help promote the progesterone so that you're keeping those pathways um, in a good space. And then also like a DIM or uh, calcium deglucurate so that you're getting rid of and detoxing um, those bad, quote unquote, estrogens. Um, And we've talked also about how to increase testosterone and decrease estrogen dominance in a previous podcast where you can use glassware for heating things, um, drinking out of aluminum, uh, getting rid of all those erogenous hormones, endocrine disruptors, um, scented candles, you know, makeup, all that stuff. We've talked about that. So you know those those practices that can really help with that. Um, and then just, you know, staying away from processed foods, obviously. So one of the parts of the cascade is the insulin resistance. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, on this one, the way that we've been functioning as a um, within our scope of practice is we typically will recommend if we have a feeling that someone is a little bit insulin resistant, so they maybe came off of like a an improvement season, you know, where they kind of went off the rails a little bit with some sugary foods. Maybe they just were in a building season and they use complex carbohydrates, but they just became a little bit insulin resistant. They could have come from another coach that you know, kind of like ran them in the ground with cardio and kept their calories yeah. really low. So odds are likely that they're insulin resistant. If you know, you're decreasing calories, those calories in versus calories out, you're creating a quote unquote deficit according to like what their, you know, their basal metabolic rate should be, um, without measuring that, you know, and you're seeing that resistance. So that's when I kind of recommend that either, you know, they get a glucose monitor and they take their fasting blood glucose or, um, and then additionally they need to take a postprandial, which is an hour to two hours after a meal, uh, be- due to the dawn phenomenon, which, um, some people will read, a not, a, a, an accurate reading essentially in the morning first thing. So, you know, if it's in that pre-diabetic range where you know it's getting closer to the 100s for fasting blood glucose you might want to you know consider doing a glucose disposal agent or um, 
you know, looking into maybe, you know, talking with a functional medicine doctor or an endocrinologist. Um, what are your thoughts on blood glucose? Yeah, I definitely think that it's helped kind of pinpoint a couple issues with clients. If their body, I mean, you could be eating the right amount of food, but if your body's not utilizing it properly, then it's not working in your favor. Um, and I've had a client also as well, her readings were coming up really high and it was actually such a simple fix as far as she just needed to get new updated test strips because uh, they do expire or if they're you know, like not taking care of, um, then they can give you inaccurate reading. So just make sure that you're using um, quality equipment if you're going to do your own blood testing. Yes, absolutely. But it is a really good way to sort of address that insulin resistance that occurs over, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are in a situation where you've had, uh, you know, that chronic cortisol release, typically that person's going to also be insulin resistant. And then that makes it really difficult to drop body fat and they're going to certainly um, have some weight gain. So other things that we can address is within our scope of practice. Now, if somebody goes ahead and gets blood work, they find that their thyroid has been impacted from this. uh, You know, obviously they're going to uh, work with an endocrinologist on getting those thyroid numbers in a healthy range. But the thyroid really, you know, regulates the metabolism. So with this cascade and this sort of impact um, from the stress response, it's really important to make sure that, you know, your thyroid is in a healthy range. Other things that are going to be helpful is, you know, backing down of the cardio. So as a coach, your coach should be working with you on, you know, a proper reverse, getting calories back up, getting carbohydrates back up, pulling back on cardio. And the people that, and I'm not trying to say this to be like sound like we're, you know, better than, because I'm sure there's lots of coaches that are doing this, but I feel like if they start with us, then um, it's a lot easier to, you know, prevent these types of cascades happening Uh uh, just because we are super aware of that and the athlete's long-term health. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's important if you're coming, you know, into a situation where you've, you've had a lot of cardio prescribed to you and you've had a very low calorie diet for a long extended period of time without a break. Um, it's important to know that it's going to take about (laughs) at least the same amount of time. So if you were like that for a year, you know, it's going to take about a year for that to correct, um, maybe more. Uh, any thoughts there on that, Chris? Yeah, that is uh, like such a hard thing to tell clients as a coach, unfortunately, um, because I mean, nobody wants to, like everybody wants to get to their goal as quickly as possible, but sometimes there's just so much damage done um, that you just really need to be patient with the restorative measures to get your body back into a place where you can push it. Um, Cause I think always pushing to a limit, I mean, eventually your body will respond um, in a survival type of way. And so, yeah, I think I'm really glad that you actually said that because I think people need to know the realities of like things your body will like adapt, uh, but also needs plenty of time to um, recover, which I mean, that's one of the reasons that we had over a year of me 
um, reverse dieting and putting on some muscle and getting my cycle back, like taking time to put my body into a place where it would be uh, feasible to diet again. Yeah. And I think, I mean, some of that too, you know, we're talking about the physiological side of it, but some of it too, we need to get out of the like mental um, prep brain sometimes as well and just get to a space where we can feel comfortable, where we can go out to dinner and, you know, yeah. have some like untracked meals incorporated, uh, eat more intuitively and things like that where, where we're not so food focused. So that can be some other um, benefits as well. And just kind of that last and final piece, um, the gut and the adrenals are kind of the last part of that cascade. Um, different ways that you can support digestion is through, you know, making sure that you are getting good nutrients in and that you're recovering properly with, you know, a wide variety of foods to populate mm-hmm. your gut with this healthy bacteria um, and doing things to kind of restore the gut lining um, due to inflammation and things. You can use like a glutamine load or like a GI advantage where it helps with um, healing kind of that gut permeability. Um, right. Anything to add on the gut? Yeah, I mean, I I can say from personal experience that that's one of the big indicators that I knew. And it's always one of my big indicators, even like with this whole corona quarantine thing, um, because I'm an introverted person and I need that time just to myself and I wasn't getting that because everybody was home. I remember telling Amy, like, I'm starting to have some like gut issues, like my digestion's just slowing down, like like your body will give you indicators. And I think gut issues are an indicator of a lot of uh I mean I've I almost feel like it's the body's one of the body's first primary responses to something not being right. And so, you know, Amy encouraged me to find a place where I could sit quietly and have a meal where the T V was not blasting or uh, you know, people are not like overcrowding the space that my brain might have needed and it worked. So I think really knowing your body and knowing what it is that you need will kind of help you address these individual um, like bodily responses and make sure that, you know, you're addressing stress and you're doing it in a healthy way. Yeah. And so the last piece, and I just want to kind of play devil's advocate here. So we were kind of talking about how, you know, like a lot of people felt chronic stress during quarantine and some Mm -hmm. people felt the exact opposite. Um, maybe they got more sleep and more recovery and they felt more at peace, uh, not having to grind and grind and get up at three in the morning, train and then go to work and work all day and do all this crazy stuff. So some people are seeing that inverse relationship where now that they're out of quarantine and they're back in the real world, like things are slowing down, they're getting stuck in plateaus. They're not dropping body fat like they should, even though calories, Mm -hmm. you know, are getting adjusted and cardio is getting adjusted. Your standard law of thermodynamics, calories in versus calories out. And they're starting to feel that chronic stress and it's, it's getting flipped. So it's just important to know that, um, the, the way to address these things, there is, you know, there is a, a method to the madness. There is science behind, you know, why we do the things that we do, um, in order to look out for 
an athlete's best interest. And so hopefully, you know, if you are out there living the prep life and you, um, you know, are in some sort of situation like this, hopefully you have the resources to, you know, reach out and get help that you need um, to kind of address these things because they can be extremely frustrating. I can tell you firsthand that when you're doing all the right things and Mm -hmm. you are dieting hard and you're training harder and things are going either nowhere or in the opposite direction, it becomes extremely frustrating. And so I'm just speaking from my heart because I've been there. I know what it's like. And I want to help as many people as I can, you know, to prevent that. I, so I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. Did you have anything to close on this episode? Um, no, I think you did a great job explaining all of that. We had a lot of people ask for, uh, like a hormone podcast. So hopefully this helps address a couple issues that people might've been experiencing. Yeah. And if you ever, I am always very, um, open to, you know, helping people out. So if you would like to, you know, reach out, you can find us on Instagram at prep life podcast at glam girl bikini. Um, you can also, if you are interested in coaching, you can go to our website, glamgirlbikini.com and you can hit the get started button and fill out the application link. Um, and we'd just be, you know, happy to help and just, those of you that are going through this just understand that it is a process uh it does take a lot of time uh, to regulate the hormones out so hopefully uh you can stick with it and um hit it for the long term so this is your founder and ceo of glam girl bikini amy anger signing off with my fabulous (laughs) co-host and this is chris nicole glam girl bikini coach and ifbb bikini pro thanks for listening guys